Welcome to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager, and I'm thrilled to bring you our latest sermon series, The Spirit-Filled Church. In this series, our lead pastor, Pastor Todd Starnes, takes us on a journey from our previous series, The Spirit-Filled Life, where we explored what it means to be individuals filled with the Holy Spirit, to now focusing on the importance of having a Spirit-Filled Church. Throughout this series, we will delve into various topics that highlight the significance of a Spirit-Filled Church. We'll explore the church as a sanctuary, its impact on the community and culture, as well as the various other topics. Together, we'll learn how to embrace the Holy Spirit's power and guidance as we strive to become a Spirit-filled church, making a difference in our community and beyond. So without further ado, let's jump right into our message from the Spirit-filled church series. Ground is a special place. I always love seeing God uh, uh, touch their lives. And so if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. We're in a series called The Spirit-Filled Church, and we're going to continue with that this morning, but we're glad you're here, and um, amen. I got, to, I got to drive the students to camp in our, in our wonderful, awesome bus. That's with sarcasm. <laughs> Can't tell the tone of my voice. And then uh, I had the privilege of uh, my father-in-law's farmhouse. Uh, a storm went through there a few weeks back and took off two of our roofs, about 2,000 square feet. So that's what my week was. And so about 50% done. I'm going to tell you, being on a roof in 105 degrees, 6 degrees, that is no fun. And um, I repented to the Lord of every time I wanted to do something other than ministry. That's job security right there. (laughs) Acts chapter 2. I want to talk to you this morning about being the church. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for this morning, just uh, for your work in our life, Lord. I'm grateful, Lord, for our students, and and it's that continued work that you do in each of them. Father, we pray this morning that you'd speak to our hearts. Our hearts would be good soil. Lord, ready to receive your word, and we see a harvest of what is so we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. I, I love how scripture includes the Lord. It, you would think we kind of see fellowship like a, this, this one thing, but it's interesting to me that this verse kind of breaks it down. There's fellowship, sharing of the meals, which also included the Lord's Supper. I, I think that's interesting that it points that out. And to prayer, verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers together in one place and shared everything they had. And they sold their property possessions and shared money with those in need, verse 46. And they worshiped together. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, it emphasizes that again, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added, everybody say added, to their fellowship those who are being saved. And I think that's a very critical point in this passage of all these things culminating 
and the people's lives being changed and people coming to the Lord. And we've read through this passage a couple of times in through this series. And I just want to draw just a few things out, kind of just some practical notes, just some, just some things just to just lay a little more of a foundation of what we've been talking about. But um, as we look at this and through this passage, we see something called the purposes of the church that have been developed through these few verses that we read in the book of Acts. And so if you're following along, they're going to be on the screen, they're, they're online on the version notes, but if you have your notebooks, um, you can follow in these, fill in the blanks, but we see five purposes drawn out of this, of this passage. And one is worship. Part of the purpose of the church is to be a place of worship. And I love in that text, there's a lot of people that um, get very opinionated about, what, about like a corporate worship service in a church or a home church, or, you know, meaning in homes. And frankly, we see in Scripture that it was both. They went to the temple, and they also met in homes. It was, it was both in. But to worship, the second thing is to be a place of ministry. And of course, I, I, I feel like I believed uh, in, in the previous three parts of this, we've really kind of hammered that of the ministry that is to take place from here. I believe that as we meet together as a corporate body of believers, that we should see lives change. People come to the Lord in faith in Christ. We should see chains broken and people set free. We should see people healed and delivered. That's the ministry that takes place in a corporate body. There's also the mission of the church. And part of the mission is you finding your place of service. This is not about one guy behind a lectern or a pulpit on a platform, but we believe in the ministry, the priesthood of the believer, meaning what? That we're in, we're in this together. And part of us as believers, as we are discipled and we mature in Christ, we find a place to serve him. That's a good place to say amen. And of course, fellowship. I uh, a lot of churches are heavy on the fellowship, and that's okay. We're a fellowship church. We, we like that time together, eating together, enjoying one another's company, and coming together. And, uh, uh, and also, discipleship was also very crucial for it to have a place. We want the people to be discipled, reproducing disciples. And, I mean, discipleship is kind of maybe a little bit what I'm going to focus on this morning and, uh, and hopefully a creative way to do that. But, and so the church, us as a body of believers, I mean, God wants to use us to evangelize the world. He wants to use us to evangelize Odessa. He wants to use us to evangelize the Permian Basin. And he wants to use us to evangelize all around the world. And we do that in all kinds, whether it be mission trips like we took this summer, or it be partnering with missionaries. We also want to be a place where we have a corporate place that we come together in a place of unity and worship the Lord. And worship is both serving the Lord, but worship is also expressing our love and gratitude and thanks to the Lord, as we did a few moments ago. And, and we use songs to do that, but really you don't need to uh, recite or read some songs or lyrics on a screen. It's something that can be expressed of gratitude from the depth of your spirit, of, of your heart. It's a place that we want to be an example, that we demonstrate God's love to those around us. But I also believe when we look through this scripture, there's a list, kind of a list of 10 things, and we're going to do this very quickly. 
So if you're going to take these notes, I'd encourage you to fill in these blanks very quickly. But I also see, we see these five purposes, but I, I think we see a, uh, some expressions of what it means to be a spirit-filled church. Are you with me so far? We're just kind of, we're, we're doing the pre-flat check, so hang in there. But expressions of the spirit-filled church. And we've talked about some of these. And matter of fact, in, in the first part, I talked about devotion. But we see that they were devoted to teaching. And there's this devotion that's it's just not something that's happenstance, but it is a, a burning passion to be devoted to the things of the Lord. So devotion and then fellowship, which we just talked about. But we see this in these five verses. This is in, in Acts 2, 42 and 47, we're seeing the birth of the New Testament church. So we have number one, devotion. Number two, fellowship. Number three, the sharing of meals. Listen, I, you, you may not realize this, but, but you meeting somebody in church and y'all, y'all taking off to Labadega together to have a meal together is biblical. Amen. That's good stuff. The Lord's Supper, which we do celebrate, we usually celebrate it the second Sunday of the month of communion with grape juice and, and wafers. We've also celebrated it uh, in fellowship meals, like Thanksgiving meals. We celebrate it in um, closing business meetings. But it's important to remember, you know, the, these ordinances of the church, while we partake of that juice and that bread that represents the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus. Uh, there was also an awe of God. There was an awe of God seen in the church. There are miracles that were taking place. Miracles of people's lives being healed and restored. And, and we see that. We see people's lives being touched. And we're believing for greater miracles to happen. There's also unity. So, we're, so, so far we have devotion, fellowship, meals, supper, the awe of God, miracles, unity, Corporate worship, generosity, and growth. So corporate worship, generosity, we talked about last week. And we see growth. We see that the church should be growing. And so years ago, as I, I, was, I was thinking about this years ago, uh, matter of fact, I was youth pastoring at Open Door Church here in Odessa off of university. And uh, we had a softball team and played in the church league. And there was something I found out about here in Odessa playing in the church league that uh, the church league was, was really not all that, that churchy. I don't know if you've ever heard the, the adage of I don't drink, cuss, smoke, or date girls that do. Yeah, they didn't do that in the church league of softball. And so uh, we played some pretty, some pretty rough around the edges people. But I remember one game. I, 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 have, I don't know why, I don't remember why, but I was early. I was the only one there, and I was just kind of sitting on the bleachers, just kind of waiting. And then there was this other guy. Matter of fact, the team that we were playing, another guy came in and, and saw me there, and, and we knew we were going to be opposing teams, but we were just chit-chatting, talking. And, and, uh, and so he we, was talking about things, talking about softball. And now I remind you, number one, this is a church league, and this guy is on a church's team. I'm on a church's team. He's on a church's team. And he asked me, he says, what church do you go to? I'm like, well, it says on my jersey right here, Open Door Church. You know, and this is how his response, I mean, it just still just uh, kind of takes me back. And so I tell him what church I go to. I, 
I, and I, I was being a little facetious, but I said, I'm, I play on their church team and we're playing each other. He says, I go to that church. I was like, well, number one, you're wearing a jersey of a different church's name and that should mean you're going to that church. Number two, I have never seen you before in my life. And uh, it just, uh, this kind of took me back. But you know, that's a real common question. What, what church do you go to? What church do you go to? And we, we have a lot of that. And, and I'm hoping during this series, kind of some of my goal is really maybe for it to be a shift in us and us as a church, maybe even to shake some dust off and to jar us a little bit. I think I've said some pretty direct and pointed things. But the reality is this is, uh, you know, I, I have conversations with so many people, and like I'll be talking to somebody, and maybe in the grocery store or something, and I'll, I'll invite them to the church, and say, oh, I, I go to church. And I'm like, well, what church you go to? They're like, oh, yeah, that, that church over there off of, uh, oh, what, uh, that, you know, that church over there, you know. I'm like, I, I don't know that church over there. I was like, do you know the pastor's name? Oh, yeah, um, 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 it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, you probably haven't been to that church very much if you can't remember the address of the pastor's name. But we have a lot of people that go to church. And I started thinking maybe we have too many people that go to church. And what we need is some people being the church. Uh, to, to go to church is, is not enough. We need to be a people that are the church. We want to be the church. I want you to look at a passage with me in Psalm chapter 92. This is a very powerful promise. Psalm 92. We're going to begin in verse 12. And it says this. The righteous flourish. Everybody say flourish. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grows like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted. Everybody say planted. Matter of fact, if you're a Bible scribbler and like to take notes, I would circle flourish and circle planted and draw a line between them. You can only do that if you have an actual tree Bible, not an e-Bible. They are planted in the house of the Lord. Where are they planted? In the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are never full of, they are, they are ever full of sap and green. To declare the Lord is upright, he is my rock, there is no unrighteousness in him. I love this promise. And the reality is, is that God's calling for you was never to go to church. God's calling for you was to be the church. And I understand that we may be in some level, right? I mean, when we first start, yeah, we may uh, have this you know, it would be an accurate and okay perception to say that I'm going to church. But at some point, as you attend and you come to the house of God, if you want to flourish, you need to be planted and stop going but being. I mean, think about this. I mean, to, to be that church, to be a spirit-filled church means to be spiritually strong and empowered, making an impact in those around us and, and seeing lives change. I mean, doing something revolutionary like, like loving our neighbor like ourselves. 
or the light shining in darkness or how about when people see us I, I you know just recently I, I something I've been praying this last month I think I'm going to continue to pray is I want us to be known as that church I really do the more I think about it the more I pray about it I mean and some may mean that in a negative way, but the reality is I, I want to be known as that church that something's happening. And the only way we can be that church is to be the church and quit just attending church. And so what happens is that you, I mean, it says the righteous will flourish. And so you will flourish when you're planted in the church. You will flourish when you're planted in church. I mean, it tells us right there, the righteous flourish like palm trees and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. We're going to talk about the specifics of those. And they are planted where? In the house of the Lord. If you want to flourish, you need to be planted in a church. I mean, growing spiritually, being strong, having a strong faith, bearing fruit, being fresh and green, growing, thriving, prospering, increasing. When you are planted in church, you will flourish. You will flourish. The Bible tells us in Psalm 1-1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, and then verse 3 kind of Brings us into perspective. He is like a tree. What? He is a tree planted by streams of water and yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he what? So to flourish and to prosper, what do you have to do? You have to be planted. You have to be planted. But we have too many that are not experiencing the, the, the benefit of of flourishing and the reason is is they're not planted if you want to experience the flourish i know really that's not our terminology you know i mean it's like you know if i were to go to adam and say hey adam how you doing buddy it he probably would not say i'm flourishing i mean that, that'd be a lot, but we want to flourish as believers the righteous flourish like what? The palm tree and grow like the cedar. So let's look at these two trees. Let's look at these two trees. The cedar tree. Do you know what the cedar tree represents in Scripture? It represents being durable. Durability. Strength. Matter of fact, when Solomon built the temple, the beams, the columns, the roof were all built out of cedar. Why? Because when the temple was built, it was meant to last centuries. And so when, Jesus, when the scripture says here about in this, with the psalmist is that the righteous will flourish, that you're going to grow like the cedar, there should be a strength inside of you. And that strength inside of you does not come from you, but in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. When we are planted, we'll flourish. And as we flourish, we will gain the Lord's strength and be able to stand like we should stand. And, you know, cedar, it also, it has, cedar has a, has anybody ever owned or have a cedar chest? 
I remember my, I mean, that was more like, I guess, my grandparents thing and great-grandparents. They had the cedar chest. And, I mean, there's, to me, I, I love opening up, would open up that cedar chest just to smell that cedar. Anybody with me? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And that smell, it, it was a, that aroma, it was a preservative. It kept moths away and it protected whatever you had in that chest. Listen, as we live our life for the Lord, what the Lord should receive from us is a pleasant aroma. And I didn't go, I could go through, a, I, I could have a whole lot of scriptures. I don't have those this morning. It talks about that specifically. But the, to be a cedar is to have strength. And we live our life in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. And then we see the palm. And I want to talk, because, you know, a branch is part of a tree, so I want to talk about the palm branch. The palm branch means triumph. The palm branch means triumph. And so he's telling us that if you're planted, you're going to flourish like a palm and a cedar. Are you with me so far? And so a palm branch is a symbol of triumph. When in, in the first century, in, in those first Olympics, Romans, they, they would award the, Olympia, the, the Olympic athletes, the champions, with, with palm branches. Do you remember what happened at the triumphal entry? Now, I'm not the greatest at English. I, I, I would have a hard time being bilingual because I'm not even good at unilingual. But I see a common denominator between triumph, the meaning of the palm branch, and the triumphal entry. Does anybody want to help me out? That's kind of the same word in it, isn't it? I mean, right? any wordsmiths? I mean, there's a connection there. And so what happened at the triumphal entry? They took palm branches, and they waved them, and they laid them down as Christ came in on the donkey into Jerusalem. Why? Because it was a symbol of kingship and triumph. But there's something that both of these have, and that is an evergreen quality. Does anybody know what evergreen is? Evergreen is, is green all year round. And so both trees are a symbol of thriving, of thriving, of flourishing year round. Listen, it doesn't matter what the circumstance you are in is like. And I'm not trying to lessen of whatever your battle may be or whatever, whatever, whatever war may be raging. But I do know this because it, when, when you are planted and you are flourishing, you may be surrounded by a set of circumstance that it feels like that you're being fought against and, and there's a battle going on. But because that you are an evergreen, you can flourish no matter the season. You may feel like you're in a drought or the wind is blowing across and it's just shaking the foundation of your life. But because you are rooted and planted in, 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 in God and the Lord, the Holy Spirit working in your life, you can still flourish. It doesn't matter if there's a drought. It doesn't matter if there's a storm. You can still know strength and stand in that moment. The Bible says in Psalm 92, 13, they are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. I mean, really, we, we have to take stock and, and ask ourselves, am I spiritually dry? Or am I flourishing? Am I, am I emotionally withering or am I thriving? Am I barren in my relationships? I just have a lot of damaged relationships 
Or am I connected with a family in a healthy way? Am I, am I financially stressed and broken and overwhelmed? Or am I prospering? Am I searching for something that matters? Or am I fulfilled? The only way to make that shift in your life is to be planted so you can flourish in the house of God. If you don't make a resolution in your heart to be planted in church, you'll only go to church when it's easy. When you don't make a resolution in your heart to be planted in a church, you'll only go to church when it's easy. Everything will be more important. There will always be work. There will always be a trip. There will always be, I just need a day. There will always be a chore list. There will always be something of, for some kind of reason that's going to take that Sunday. And I've said over and over, listen, take your vacations, take family. I'm not preaching against that. But listen, when you are gone more than you are here, you are not planted. And if you're not planted, you will not flourish. The go to, I go to church mentality is, I'll, I'll just go when I can go. But a be the church mentality is, nothing else is going to get in my way to be there. Going to church isn't the same as being planted as church. And part of being planted is to serve. There, and I, I've tried to say this different ways, but... You know, our family, listen, I, I get it, I'm the pastor. But that doesn't determine whether I go to church or not. Are you following me? I would be the church, be in the church, and plan in a church regardless if I held this position or not. It's not about my position. And it's never been an option for our family about not being planted in a church. The reality is that there's another aspect of this. Whenever you transplant a tree, you risk killing that tree. Whenever you transplant a tree, I mean, it may serve, I read this thing uh, this week that, you know, depending the diameter of the tree is like how often you can transplant the tree you know, I don't know that math or anything like that, but here's what I do know because I've seen it with my own eyes is when you go to church, to church, to church, to church, and you bounce between churches, what happens is, is the roots will always die. Transplanted trees always risk decay. And, and the other side of that is, you, you can look this up, but uh, when, when trees go through storms, and, and the wind moves and sway those trees, did you know that it makes that tree stronger? Did you know it makes that trunk and those roots deeper and stronger? Because it, it, that tree learns how to weather the storm. And too many times people bail out when it gets hard. It's always going to get hard because you have an enemy that's going to make it hard for you. I'm preaching really good right now. He's like a tree planted, Psalm 1-3, he's like a tree planted by the streams of water. And yield, if you want to yield that fruit, if you want to flourish in those seasons, if you want a leaf that does not wither, be planted. 
be planted. And there's also a third aspect of this. It's in verse 14, Psalm 92, 14. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Listen, I know a lot of younger people that are like old people. And I know a lot of older people that are like teenagers. And I, I'm going to give you a life lesson right now. If you want to be a happy, joyful, full of life, when you get older in your years, then be that way now. Then be that way now. Practice it now. I mean, because what happened, the reason why that these trees bear fruit in older age and are still full of sap, life and are green is because it comes from a lifetime of faithfulness. Being planted is how you endure. Being planted is how you endure. The Bible says don't grow weary in doing well, for in due season you'll reap a harvest. The Bible says he endures to the end will be saved. We endure. We stand that ground. We, we, we be who we are to be because we are planted, and when we are planted, we flourish. There's a scripture I, I call it the, the, the 7118, that if you are, and really we don't need to put an age on this, but if you are 71 or older or you are 18 and younger, I have a passage for you. Are you ready? It's 7118. So even to old age and gray hairs, which I have learned that gray does not matter about age, because I have a lot of them, so even old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me. Listen, listen, until when? Until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those that come. What a powerful promise. If you want to weather the storm, then get planted. If you want to weather the drought, then get planted. If you want to survive the wind, then you have to get planted. If you want to weather the difficult seasons, then get planted. If you want to survive the hurt, then you have to get planted. If you want to grow, then you have to get planted. If you want to bear fruit, then you have to get planted. If you want things to change, then get planted, because when you're planted, then you'll flourish. Church is not a place to go. It's not a destination. It's not a building. It's a people. The second thing is, number two is this. When you are planted, roots grow deep. When you are planted, roots grow deep. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 8, it says, He is like a tree planted by the water. He sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year. Don't you wish to say that that, that that scripture said in the month of drought? Or the week of drought? Or the morning of drought? That's not what it says, is it? Sometimes those seasons can get long. And it says even in the year of drought, even in the year, it does not get anxious. For it does not cease to bear fruit. It doesn't matter the season, 
When you're planted, you flourish. When you're planted, your roots begin to grow deep, and you'll always bear fruit. I have never been there. I've been to California in different places. Um, we've been to the petrified forest and uh, uh, other areas, and but I've never been to the, the Redwood National Park. I recently, Danny, one of our deacons, he took a picture. He was there at that national park just a few weeks ago. But these redwoods, I mean, they're tall as 30-story buildings and this massive widths. And, and I mean, there's massive trees if you've ever seen them on TV or maybe you've been there. But I, I don't know if you know this, but the lateral reach of the roots of those redwoods reach out about 100 to 150 feet. That's massive. And what happens is... As the, these trees, their roots reach out and they begin to intertwine with the trees that are around them. And I'm going to tell you, when you are planted and these, the, as your roots intertwine with the body of the family of God around you, you literally get to the place that you can hold each other up. That's what it means to be planted. If you are not planted and, and Sunday is just an hour and a half check mark that I got that done today and you're not planted, you're not going to have that strength that can surround you that holds us all up together. It's a support system. We need each other. And we've talked all the time that we want to be more than a friendly church, but we want to be a church of family. We need each other. Listen, we all, you, I know you're gonna, we, we all face things. We face opposition and, and trials and doubts and battles and even maybe even other cantankerous people. And what you need is a family to surround you. And when you're planted, your roots grow deep and you gain the sustenance from the Lord that you need. And what happens is that you flourish. Oh, come on. I want to preach a little longer now because you're not with me. When you're planted, number three, when you're planted, you produce fruit. When you're planted, you pro let's look at Jeremiah 17, 8 again. And we can look at Psalms 1. We can look at Psalm 92, but Jeremiah 17, 8. He is like a tree planted by the water, and he sends out a truth in the stream. Who do you think the stream is? And does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious for the year of drought, for it does, not it does not cease to bear fruit. It does not cease to bear fruit. It doesn't even say here you're going to bear fruit in certain seasons. It says that you'll always, your fruit bearing will never cease. In difficult seasons, you can still produce fruit. Listen, in the difficult season, you can still love in the difficult season, you can still have patience. In the difficult season, you can still have joy. In the difficult season, you can still have peace. I, I, I had a conversation here recently with you know, somebody, and, and uh, you know, um, they were saying, no, I'm, 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 I'm great. I'm, man, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm full of so much joy. And, and, and I was like, maybe your heart could tell your face. Listen, I know we get hangry, right? You know, hungry and hangry. I, 
I know when we go through trials, it, it wears our patience thin. And, and listen, we all, can, there, we all go through things in life that will show our ugly. Right? Because that fire that we go through in life, you know what happens? It brings the dross up. It brings those ugly things up. And we, and we need to contend with those things. But I'm going to tell you, as you mature in the Lord, as you face those seasons, you won't succumb to what you feel like and to what your emotions are, but you'll bear the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, that, those fiery trials of heat and drought, think about it. The next time you go through something that should just turn your world upside down, but you realize that you planted. And regardless of the circumstances, you can flourish. I mean, fruit is just not for you. Love overflows. Joy spreads. Peace is attractive. So yes, I am telling you today, Odessa First Assembly, stop going to church. Maybe we need a new t-shirt. I don't go to Odessa. No, no. <laughs> don't go to church. Let's be the church. I mean, what does a tree need? I mean, why? When you plant a tree and it flourishes. I mean, I, you know, I... I just had, I, I didn't realize this, but it, it wasn't too long ago I had somebody recently tell me, you know, we, we've got these, these oak trees out here, you know, the, this row right here, and they planted those oak trees um, when they built this facility in 1989. But the two trees in front of our fellowship hall were planted at the same time these front trees are. Does anybody ever notice the difference between those two trees and these like five or six trees? Has anybody ever noticed that there's a, there's a substantial size difference? And so everybody's going to go out now and you're going to look. But don't look at the fellowship hall because it's ugly. Just look at the trees. <laughs> but what does a tree need to grow and to flourish? It needs soil. What do I pray every single time that I preach? Let our hearts be Right? Matthew, it's a parable of the sower. Let our hearts be good soil to what? to receive that word, to receive that seed. You've got to have good soil in your heart. It also needs light. You need good sunlight for a tree to grow. The Bible says that his, his light is a lamp to, the word is a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. God's word is a lamp. We need water. Jesus is the living water. We need the right temperature. I'm going to tell you what the, the right temperature we need is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in our hearts. And here's the thing is that we need time. We need time. Now listen to me very closely. I know I've said this through the years so many different ways so much, uh, uh, to really get this to land. But there's some in this room and you look at somebody else and you think, if my life was just like that, Listen, I'm going to tell you, you don't know everyone's battle. You don't know my battle. I don't know all of your battles. You, you don't know. 
But we, we, we see, you're right, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? And we see somebody else's life, we're like, if I could only be like that. If I, I could only have that. But what we don't see is they started cultivating their planting in the Lord 20 years ago. You know what you need to have strong roots planted, growing deep, bearing fruit in every kind of season? Is you need time. As you need time. I mean, the best time to plant a tree, like if I, I, don't have a, I don't have a tree in my front yard, if I wanted a nice big shade tree, well, that should have been planted 20 years ago. But you know the next best time to plant that tree is right now. Is right now. And I know, I know we don't want to think that way. I, I know we don't want to think of, 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 man, you know, I don't want to wait 20 years. Well, I, when one is, you know, I, I don't think we quite understand how eternity works, but I know this. I mean, eternity is a long time. And our God is an eternal being. He's an eternal God. And he does not work in the con- confines of our time system. Does that make sense? And so you can start, that's why we, people, they, they start this thing and, and, and they grow really fast and, and you see awesome things happen in their life because there's no time uh, when it comes to the things of God. But listen, when you walk out in faithfulness, as you walk out that faithfulness, you're going to see growth and fruit happen in your life. And I, I also want to tell you this, that if you're just starting out in this thing, give yourself a break. You know what? Your life is not going to look like my life. I have been in full-time ministry and I've, I've done my best to be faithful to the Lord for the last 27 years. If you're just starting out in this walk, you're not going to walk it out like you've been in this thing for 27 years. Give yourself a break. Sometimes what we need, need to do is, I mean, we need the Lord's forgiveness in our life and we need to forgive others, but we really need to learn how to forgive ourselves. We really need to learn how to forgive ourselves. You're going to mess up. Did you know after 27 years, I, I got saved, when I got saved, that was, I got saved in 1994 is when I got saved. I was 20 years old. Did you know, do you, you know that after all that time, I, I almost want to ask who's, who was born after 94, but I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> did you know after all that time, whatever the math adds up to be, did you know that I still fall short? I know, don't tell Angela. Please do not tell her that I'm not perfect. Don't let her know. Don't clue her in at all, please. But I mess up. I fall short. If I, if I do it after all this time and you've been trying to serve the Lord for a month, give yourself a break. I think the grace of God is so much more powerful and stronger and deeper and bigger than what we could ever imagine. But I want... I, yeah, give the, yeah, somebody wants to clap. That's okay. But I'll say this because somebody's going to walk out here and say, oh, the pastor said you just live life however you want to live. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. The Bible says that 
where sin abounds, grace abounds more. That doesn't mean we go out and do it on purpose. We don't go out and do it on purpose. And so if you're here today, here's what I want to leave you with. Is regardless of your season, regardless of your season, you can flourish. You can flourish. You may feel like that the battle has sapped every bit of strength out of you. I want you to know this morning that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you and replenish you. I believe that he wants to bring in that sap, that life, that rain, that, that, that work that we need that reinvigorates, that fertilizes, that brings back to life your spiritual life. I believe that God wants to create a work in you today that maybe today will be a brand new day for you that begins strengthening in you and your roots. When the next battle comes around, you're going to stand a little bit stronger. You're going to stand a little bit taller. Are you with me this morning? I think God's going to do a shift in you today, this morning, that's going to bring some new life. I mean, these campers coming back to camp and what God's done in them, I want you to know that the God of youth camp is the God here today. And that what he has done in them, he can also do in you. And how he has shifted, it doesn't mean that they're perfect. I'm, just a side note, just really quick. Don't, if you're a parent in the house and you had a kid go to camp and they come home from camp, uh, we, there's a thing called camp tired. It's like worse than jet lag. And so your student may, from kids camp, youth camp may come home and, and they may have a moment, a moment where, I mean, they let, they're tired, they're cranky. I mean, whatever it is, don't you dare say, I thought God did something at camp. Don't you dare say it. Don't you dare say it. Because we're all human. So that was free. I forgot what I was saying. Would you please stand? I believe God maybe your root, roots are weak this morning because and you just need that encounter with Jesus for that, that water. Maybe Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 1030 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.